Welcome back to episode 58 of Untucked Shorts. I'm your host, Felix Vogel, and this is my podcastee, a.k.a. my dad, Mark Vogel. Hey, everybody. It has been an entire month since we've recorded, Felix. I would say a few things have happened. Only a few, yeah. No no major headlines. Actually, first off, we should just address it right off the bat. I know you, all you eager listeners are just looking to hear what we're going to say about Draymond Green, and I'm sad to say... We're going to save that for our next pod. We have a lot to say, and I think we can't fit it in next to all the other major headlines. So stay tuned for a very special edition of Untucked Shorts devoted solely to Draymond Green and the saga. But, Felix, we agreed before we recorded today that you would have a take, I would have a take, and then we'll move on with the rest of our show and all the other things to talk about in Warrior Land. Yep, so to sum up this whole thing briefly... I think Draymond Green is totally at fault, and I like to defend him, but I just don't really see him contributing too well for the rest of the season. It's kind of kind of the beginning of the end, or the end of the end, actually. And my hot take on it is that I also find him at fault. He's got to take responsibility for his actions, get his life under control, but I disagree with Felix. I do not think this is the end of the end. I think Draymond Green has another chapter to write in his Warriors legacy. All right, bad um, news before good news. Let's see. What's so the bad news of the last few weeks? we are currently 12 and 14 going into the new year. Or, you know, we still got about three, four more games left before uh, 2024. Oh, yeah, we should mention that we're recording this on Monday, no, Tuesday, December 19th, just a couple hours before tip-off against the Celtics. Since we recorded, we have played 13 games. We've gone six and seven. Not great. And that's not only not great, but out of those seven losses, three of them have been maybe the most painful losses I've ever witnessed in Warriors history ever. Oof, more that's painful something. than the stolen game. Mm. More painful than the injuries in Game Six of the 2019 Finals because those were injuries. This is more. This has been more painful to watch. Okay, so which three games are you referring to, and what is what do they have in common? What's the common denominator between these three gut wrenching losses? The first game that we dropped was to the Sacramento Kings. Not only was that excruciatingly painful because we dropped a 21-point lead, which has only happened under Steve Kerr like four times ever before. Yeah, that was bad. But the way we played out those last minutes were just not a good showing. They got lucky and hit a three, but the fact that they were within a three-point radius of our lead was just demoralizing to watch. Steve Kerr made some terrible choices as far as timeout usage and challenging. And so I sort of do continue my opinion on dissing on Steve Kerr. Then the second of the three especially bad losses was against the L.A. Clippers. And in that case, we also had a 20-point lead against a team that is loaded. Harden, Westbrook, Kawhi. Uh, Who am I forgetting? Paul George. Paul George. Did he play, though? I think he might not have even played. Oh, he played. Yeah. And he sunk the game winner on us with 12 seconds left. Oh, right. I've, I've you, already blocked it out. If you don't recall. So yeah. once again, defensive meltdown PTSD. once we get the big lead. As excruciating as it is to watch us drop two 20-point leads in the same week, actually in the same three days, it is more painful to think that we repeated almost exactly... The same disaster against the Oklahoma City Thunder. Yes. It wasn't quite 20 points... It was uh, 18. 18 point lead, but you want to talk about this is the repeat to the repeat to the repeat. The Kings <laughs> was the OG stupid third quarter. The Clippers was the sequel to the tragic third quarter defense. And the Thunder 
was a repeat to when we played the Thunder in um in OKC where Chet hit that game hit that game that winner turnaround, because right. it happened the exact same way we talked about it in the last pod, but we fouled Chet Holmgren with one point six or no. We tried to foul we him. We tried to foul but he him, got the shot off. but he got the shot off with 1.6 seconds left, brought it into overtime. They won in overtime. Now, we're so afraid of that that it's a tie game. Uh, or no, they're down by they're down by uh, three. I'm sorry. And we're thinking, we can't have this happen again, so we got to foul Chet Holmgren. So we fouled him, but we fouled him in the act of shooting, this time only three weeks later. And he made all three of his free throws. They went to overtime, and they beat us in overtime. And they shouldn't have even been there because we were up by 18. So... Oh, this is just so painful to talk about. Yeah, that was rough. Yeah. I have additional bad news from the from the streak. And obviously, the Draymond Green suspension is bad news. No other way to slice it or dice it. But GP2 also has sustained a calf injury. Uh, was it, is it a torn muscle or something? It's something bad. I mean, he's been out now for a couple of weeks. He's and he's going be to be out, out for a lot longer. So... All these things added up together have made the narrative about the Warriors pretty negative. And there's been a lot of talk about whether we're beginning to see the dynasty really crumble, things come down. But that's only one side of the story. There is some good news emerging out of the last couple of weeks. I'm sorry to dwell in the darkness, but I need one more. More, more bad news? It's just I can't get out of it. It's just so it's so bad. It what else, what the else is there? Can I ask you a question, Dad? Sure. Besides Draymond Green, yeah. besides the GP2 injury, is there one person or one thing you can point a finger at to say this is why we lost and this is why we are losing? Uh, okay, yeah. Wiggins slammed his finger in a car door and has been underperforming. Um, Clay, and we'll talk about him, I think um, was still stumbling at the beginning of that last 13 games. But mm-hmm. um, is there something else glaring, something major that I'm just, I'm just forgetting that you're thinking of? I think... It is our rotations. See, this is an interesting take, but I think that I'm not even blaming it on Steve Kerr. It's just figuring out what rotation should be in. We, we have our – we had, I'll say, we had our starting five for opening night. And on the first night of the season, our rotations were pretty set in place. Starting five, same as last year. Dario Saric and – uh, Chris Paul sort of leading the second unit, and then we had Pajemski in the third unit. But now, 25 games into the season, so many different people have stepped up or gotten injured, and so now we're running all these kind of all right, wonky I, I, rotations I, I, that I, I, I will, just... I will, I will accept that things are a little more chaotic than Steve Kerr or anybody would like at this point in the season, and our dominant starting lineup of last year is not... Clearly not so dominant for a variety of factors. Kevon Looney also, we but, should sort of say. But Felix, all those rotation issues do have a positive side. One of the reasons it's hard to settle on a rotation is because we've got some people stepping up. And in the good news, mm-hmm. Pajemski is playing really well. Kaminga has played really well. In High the last efficiency. Weeks, right? So these are kind of like good problems to have if you're thinking about what the ultimate uh, just, right rotation it's is. It's just a little open and close games. confusing to know who to play. When Clay Wiggins and Looney were underperforming, and then last night there was a rotation that went 12 and 0, and like went on a 12 and 0 run, and it was Curry, Paul, Trace Jackson Davis, Moses Moody, and Brandon Pajemski. 
Yeah, no, like, it's that's definitely... so random. It's like, no, well, it's not. Ever... It's not. Okay, I agree with you. It was not a lineup people would have predicted at the beginning of the season. But let's talk about the good. It news. just makes it hard. Um, I do think that Clay is finding his rhythm. The last totally. four or five games, he's been scoring in the high twenties. Yep. What else are you seeing as uh, bright spots? Good news. Well, we talked about Kaminga briefly, but not only is Kaminga being dynamic and getting more minutes. But he's doing it on incredibly high efficiency for kind of a young young player in the league. I think there was one night where he came in, he went 5 for 5 in the fourth quarter, hadn't played in, in the first three, and just totally dominated and brought us the win. And I think that is kind of correlating Kevon Looney getting a lot less minutes than he did. But I think this is okay. Our starting for the past little while with Wiggins out was and Draymond out was Pajemski and our regular four, right? Or and then It's and definitely then been, mi- been mixed up, but I, I do think that Kamiga has been making mm-hmm. um, great headway on everything but his free throws. That oh. is still an area where he needs to work. 64%. Good decision-making, making some threes, and as you pointed out, taking a lot of sh- shots right at the rim, a lot of dunks, and, and performing well. Something I'd also like to say just in big Warriors headlines news this week that some of you may know, but last, yesterday night, a couple nights ago against Portland, Curry sadly broke his 268-game streak where he has scored at least one three-pointer. Do you know this, Dad? I heard about this. You heard about this, yeah. He went 0 for 8 from the three-point line and 2 for 12 overall, only getting seven points. So, not very promising, but... And yet, Curry scoring 7, going 0 for 8. We still win the game. Without Draymond, without GP2, with Curry doing everything but scoring, Mm -hmm. we still win. So, it's a credit, I think, to some depth that we talked about at the beginning of the season showing up. So, we should probably take a break. Take we take a break? All right, everybody. We'll be back. Welcome back, everybody, to episode 58 of Untucked Shorts. This may be our final episode of 2023. We don't know. Maybe we'll sneak one more in before the end of the year. There's time for one more Warrior of the Week. Mm -hmm. And that will be brought to you by Felix. Who's our Warrior of the Week? Well, first I'd like to point out, Dad, just to link it back to the Bizarro Dubs episode 57, you had very good enunciation coming out of that break. Thank you. So... Thank you. Immaculate Enunciation. Our Warrior of the Week is Moses Moody. We haven't done him before, and I think, you know, there's not too much about him because he's still young and hasn't really done a lot yet, but I think he's someone we need to point out, especially because I just see a lot in him this season, and I think he's actually been subtly taking one of the biggest steps on our team. He was born in Little Rock, Little Rock, I believe. Could you enunciate um, that a little more clearly? He was born in Little Rock, Arkansas. No, not... Oh, boy. This okay. guy fired. <laughs> I mean, you told me to enunciate. I did. Um, he played his first two high school years <laughs> at, like, Little Rock High, uh, some some big school in Arkansas, and he got recruited to Montvert Academy. Wait, 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 wait. Did you just say Little Rock High is some big school in Arkansas? I don't remember if that was the name. Okay, because it's interesting, Uh little historical sidebar here, Little Rock High was the site of one of the first uh, integrations of public high schools in the South. It was a very famous, in the 1950s, the federal government had to send 
the National Guard in to escort the first African-American students. Oh so that is a historically major, it's a, it's a monument in the civil rights struggle. So if you did go to Little Rock High, mm-hmm. that is notable. But you well, were going to say that after two wanna, years there, he went somewhere else? Yep, he went to Montverde Academy. And talking about the National Guard, he was nationally known as a guard, averaging 1.5 blocks uh, at Montverde. He was going crazy there. And in his sophomore year, he already had two division offers, one of which he took uh, and he went to the... University of Arkansas, he plays a razor, razor back. His wingspan is seven foot one inch, so he's like Kelly Oubre defensively, if you remember his... Which is a lot for a guy who's only six foot four. He's six foot six. Is he six six? Yeah. No, okay. He, he's more of a forward. All right. But most of you guys know the rest from here after his college career, all four years, Nairza in uh, Arkansas or Arkansas. No, like, not Arkansas. Became Arkansas. A, became a warrior. There's one thing... I think everyone knows, but I just kind of got to restate it. His dominant astrological Greek sign is Hermes. What What on earth does that mean? I don't ask me how I found this, but his dominant astrological Greek sign is Hermes. Okay, I don't know what a dominant astrological Greek sign is. I know what an astrological sign is. It said that it was his dominant astrological sign, which implies that he had other Astrological science, Dad, obviously. Okay. Uh, wow. All right. We're going to have to go back and investigate. Warrior of the Week, everybody. I'll, I'll, wow. show, I'll was, show you that link. Okay. It's yeah. hard to find some stuff about him. You know, I had to do some digging. I was wishing it was more of some, like, applause rather than a wow, Felix. Well, sorry. I just don't know. He also, okay. he also averaged 17 points in Montverde County. So, that is our Warrior of the Week. Um, yeah, not sure if we learned a whole lot there uh, about, about him. He's from Arkansas. Was the general general vibe I got? And he was really good in high school. Yeah, and his dominant astrological Greek sign was that of Hermes, a messenger. <laughs> well, if you'd like to message us with any thoughts about our Warrior of the Week or anything else about Untucked Shorts, please go to UntuckedShorts.com and leave your message for us on the website. It sounds like when people are shooting free throws, that little like two second commercial you have to fit in there, so you kind of just sound like. Okay, next five games, Dad. Yeah, we've got a crucial stretch of the season coming up. It would be really nice to end this year with a little bit of a run. We got off to a rockier start. We're 12 and 14 right now. We've got five games coming up. If we can even get to four and one, let's say, then we'll be, or or three and two, then we'll be 15 and 15. Mm -hmm. So that would be really great to win at least three of the next five. Let's see. First on deck, the Boston Celtics with the league's best record of 20 and 5 and the intimidating trio of Tatum, Brown and Kristaps Porzingis are coming to town against the Warriors tonight. Felix, do we have any chance against these guys? I mean, I'm excited. I'm just excited. I think we have a complete chance against them. This is going to be the game. I'm going to be optimistic here. This is going to be the game where we show who we are if as a potential title contender. Felix, I love you. You're my son. Mm-hmm. You know a lot about basketball. But these Celtics are going to demolish us tonight. Nope. I say the Celtics... Jalen Brown has been averaging 22 points this season because he got his big big payday. But guess what? Past three games, he has not been getting anywhere near his offensive statistics. Kristaps Porzingis, his field shooting has gone drastically down. All the Celtics, besides Tatum. Tatum's amazing. Tatum's just so good. He's not going to change. Besides Jason Tatum, Brown, Porzingis, they're all showing wear and tear. Game 25 of the season, all their high percentages, all their high hopes are suddenly demolishing. 
I think if we see a big game out of our role players and Clay is doing what he's doing, Curry finds his groove again. I say it's going to be close, but we can take him. All right. Well, all right. Felix predicts the Celtics win. I'm not so sure. Also, for some reason, sorry, for some reason, I know you're biting your tongue. Al Horford is never as good against us as he is against other teams in the league. Wow, you just reminded me of how many good players they have. So we'll see what happens. Now, the next one is uh, a game we've had circled on our calendar more for emotional reasons than for any sense that there would be good basketball coming out of it. The <laughs> league worst or second to worst Washington Wizards who's are worst? coming to town. Who's the worst? Pi- I think the Pistons might actually. The Pistons haven't won in like 23 games. More like 23 years, actually. Since yeah, probably. Thomas. Something like that. But, yeah. <laughs> okay, so the Wizards are coming to town. Felix, what makes this matchup interesting? Okay, well, shout-out to Mike Farrell, devoted listener. Looking and devoted forward. Wizards fan. And devoted Wizards fan, indeed. Not only are we going to move there, so we want to see how how much of a decline we're going to go as far as good basketball. You know, It's always <laughs> just good to see that in your future. Jordan Poole is coming to town. First debut questionable how the fans will embrace him. I will imagine it will not be very kindly. I will say that I hope Jordan Poole does get a little bit of love. He helped us win a chip a couple years ago. He played great. He was on the losing side, I guess, of the team picking Draymond, basically, Mm -hmm. instead of him after the whole punch and with the contract renegotiations last summer. Nonetheless, we're going to beat the Wizards. We have to beat the Wizards. We're going to crush them. I mean, yeah, for sure. People forget the... Year we won the title, we we started off twenty four and three or something like that, and Jordan Poole was contributing. That's right. That's heavily. Clay wasn't even yeah he was uh, the coming future. back for the first few totally. months, so he he did a lot for us. We're, we'll be grateful for those good performances. After the Wizards, we play the Blazers again. We've played them twice. We beat them twice. We should beat them again for sure. Every time we've played them, not only has it concluded within ten points. But one of their top three players has either not played or had a severely underachieving performance. So we haven't seen Blazers full throttle yet. I still think we can get it, but we can't get it as we have to play much better than we have the past two times. We do, but I think we should win that game. Then we play the defending world champion Denver Nugent. On the road. On the road in Denver on Christmas Day. Hmm. I'm not too hopeful about that. I think we're going to drop that game. What about you? I think I'd spend my Christmas wish on st- things that would be more achievable. <laughs> so I'm not e- that's not even going to be my Christmas wish because I know it won't happen. So we're going to drop that game fairly horrendously. All I hope is that Andre Iguodala's got a good Christmas sweater. Thinking about holiday sweaters. All right, so the fifth game of the next set is against the Miami Heat. Always an interesting team to play. On the road, yeah. I think that's going to be an interesting one. I think... They haven't really found it yet this season, not doing nearly as well as they were last season, obviously, with the title run in the playoffs. I think we could get it. I'm going to remain optimistic. This has been a very up and down in skill level from Celtics to Wizards, from Blazers to Nuggets. So, Felix, of the last five games, you're picking four wins and a loss in Denver. I'm saying if we go three and two, I would love to win that game against the Heat. I would love to be proven wrong against the Celtics. If we go 3-2, and that would be a great outcome, and I think it would help stabilize a little bit of the storyline about the Warriors and their precarious, rickety-rockety? Rickety-rockety. Beginning of the season. Oh, boy. Well, this has been a very up-and-down pod, you know, reference to 45 mood swings from... Dominant astrological Greek signs, gotta bring that up again, I'm sorry, <laughs> to a crazy homestand against the Wizards to the Celtics. I don't know. 
a lot going on here in Dub Nation, but I'm looking forward to it, and I am optimistic. But there is some things to talk about, and we'll get back to you guys soon with our pod Andre. Happy holidays, everybody. Wishing you a great new year. And, and maybe see you next year. See you next year. I think we're out. I think we're out. Not too sure it's 2023.